Happy NEC New Year. I'm Craig D'Amico. Welcome back inside the home office and welcome back to a brand new season of NEC women's basketball on the run. The road to the 2023 NEC Women's Basketball Championship is off and running. And here on the show, we'll be like Megan Trainer, making you look at all the top headlines from the season so far. We'll have our three stars of the week. We'll chat over some amazing stats. We'll look ahead to next week's schedule. Plus, we'll be joined by Sacred Heart first-year guard Nysiera Pryor, who is lighting things up like a Christmas tree in the Northeast Conference in her young career so far. Second in the circuit in scoring at just under 17 points per game, an average that's also third in the nation for D1 rookies. And she also has collected 49 steals, which is good for fourth in the country. So all that is coming up today on the show. But first, let's catch you up to speed. Everything that you may have missed from the first two months of the season in about uh, three or four minutes or so. It's our first headline in this week's three-point shot. It all started back in October at the Prudential Center at NEC Social Media Day. Wagner was selected as the preseason favorites, entering a year of league-wide turnover, change, and a whole lot of unknowns. Last year's two finalists, gone. 13 of 15 from last year's all-conference teams, gone. 14 of the top 15 scorers from last year, gone. And all that means is that this is going to be one of those years where there's going to be a whole lot of opportunity out there for the taking. Who's going to step up? Who are going to be the top contenders and who's going to be the next class of stars? Well, non-conference play started to give us some of those answers. Some of the bigger wins in non-conference play included LIU's season opening win at Ohio on November the 7th. LIU's first season opening win in a decade and a win over a Mid-American team, Mid-American 11th in conference RPI in women's basketball. Now, FDU, the reigning regular season champs, they had a pair of standout non-conference wins over Cornell, 62-51 to back on November the 12th, the Ivy League top 10 in conference RPI, and they beat an A-10 team in Davidson, 49-43, to a strong defensive performance there by the Knights. In non-conference play, the Knights had the league's best record, winning eight out of their 12 games. We mentioned some new stars stepping up, and so far, Sacred Hearts, Nye Pryor, and Merrimax, Marissa Hamilton, they have done just that. Hamilton is a redshirt senior post player, a transfer from Buffalo. Her first year on the court with the Warriors, who had some big voids to fill, especially in the front court, but Hamilton has certainly helped them out. She's been in double figures scoring every single game, four times over 20 points, and she's the league's leading scorer. While Pryor... We already mentioned a little bit. She's jumped onto the scene this year, winning five of the first seven Rookie of the Week awards in the Northeast Conference. Now, in comparison, Amaya O'Brien, who last year for LIU was the anonymous Rookie of the Year when the season was said and done, she won eight Rookie of the Weeks for the entire season. Now, Jess Kovach has the Rookie of the Week record in the Northeast Conference. She had 13 in her freshman campaign for back in 2016. And Amanda Pape has the Sacred Heart Rookie of the Week record with seven from back in 2003. Now, Pryor has also scored in double figures every game this year, five 20-point performances, and she's recorded two double-doubles. And by the way, on the other side of the ball, she's the nation's leader in steals per game, 4.08. Also stepping up, perhaps the biggest improvement, we want to give a shout-out to St. Francis Brooklyn's Alyssa Fisher. She's averaging six points better than she was 
a year ago, making the most of her opportunity. She scored over 24 points three times, including a 30-point game in late December against Lafayette. Now, speaking about the Terriers, St. Francis Brooklyn played their final game on Remsen Street this fall, a 64-59 setback against UMBC in the Daniel Lynch Gym on November the 20th. St. Francis Brooklyn moving campuses to Livingston Street. And so their hoops teams are going to be temporarily playing at the ARC on the campus of the Pratt Institute on DeKalb Ave in Brooklyn, right down the street from their rivals, LIU. And finally, a shout out to Stonehill. In their maiden voyage in the NEC this year, they earned their first Division I win back on November the 21st against Hartford, 62-35. to 35. Plus, Emily Bramante had perhaps the best single game performance of the season by an NEC player dropping 38 points in a Skyhawks victory over the Bryant Bulldogs back on December the 11th. The 38 points was a single point shy of a Stonehill school record. Our second headline this week in the three point shot is the very first NEC game day, which came to us this past Monday night, January the 2nd. Eight of the nine NEC women's basketball teams were in action playing their conference opener. We just talked about Stonehill, and Stonehill once again made history, earning their very first NEC win in their very first NEC game, 73-66 to over Central Connecticut in New Britain, Connecticut. The Skyhawks shot over 50% for the game, and they were led by Sophie Glidden's 20 and Emily Bermonte's 19. The Skyhawks became the eighth out of the 10 teams to join the NEC since the inaugural year of 1981 to win their very first conference game. Elsewhere in the league, NEC favorites Fairleigh Dickinson and Wagner both flexed their muscles in big wins over LIU and SFU, respectively. In Brooklyn, FDU, they controlled the boards, they controlled the paint, they controlled the basketball, they really controlled everything, forcing turnovers, not turning it over themselves as they defeated the Sharks 88 to 51. The Knights, they're a top 20 scoring defense team in the nation. They only yield 54.2 points per game, and they've held opponents below that 54 point per game average 10 times this year, including on Monday night. Now in Loretto, Wagner defeated St. Francis by 51 points, the largest margin of victory in a conference game since Robert Morris beat LIU by 52 back in January of 2019. And we'll have more on this game coming up in stat chat later on in the show. And finally, St. Francis, Brooklyn, they were in their first game in their new home away from home, the Ark, as we mentioned, uh, on DeKalb. They held on to beat Merrimack 62-56. to Terrier sophomore Sheridan Cavanaugh led the way with 18 points, a perfect 4-for-4 four four from behind the Ark, her second double-figure scoring game of the season. And finally, headline number three in our three-point shot. Let's check where they stand after just one conference game in the NEC standings. By the way, once again, asterisks for everybody who are eligible. That's everybody but Stonehill has already clinched a spot into the 2023 NEC Women's Basketball Tournament. So congratulations to the eight teams who have already punched their ticket to March. St. Francis, they're the active leader. They are going to be going to an eighth straight NEC tournament come March, but after just one NEC game day, it's Stonehill, FDU, Wagner, and St. Francis, Brooklyn, in the top half of the standings, all 1-0, Central Connecticut, LIU, SFU, and Merrimack in the bottom half at 0-1, and Sacred Heart right in the middle, still awaiting their very first conference game. Time now for our three stars from week one of NEC action, starting with number three. It's Emily Bramante, 
from Stonehill. After averaging about 7.8s per game in her first six contests this year with a high of 11 points, the fifth-year Stonehill senior had 19.6 points over her last eight games, including averaging 22 in a pair of games just this past week in non-conference action against Queens College and in the NEC opener against Central Connecticut State. Our second star is Anaya Theibel, the point guard from Wagner College. Theibel played only one game this week, and because the score was what it was, she really only played about one half in that one game. So how can a player who played one half of one game be our number two star? Well, because she was that good. It was like watching a conductor use their wand to beautifully conduct their orchestra and, and make their masterpiece symphony. 16 points on seven for eight shooting, two rebounds, three assists, three steals. She had her hand in just about everything in only 21 minutes of action against the Red Flash. And our, and our top star this week is Chloe Wilson from the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. The league's leading returning score from a year ago collected 14 points and seven rebounds against Delaware State before ringing in the NEC New Year with her second double-double of the season, 21 points, 12 rebounds against the Sharks. Wilson is third in the league in both points and rebounds. Now, last year, Coach Shamiwa said Wilson was an emerging star. Sky's the limit, only going to get better. She's physical, sometimes a little too physical. She needs to stay out of foul trouble, and that's something she's still trying to find a balance on. But Wilson finally starting to reach that potential, grow into those big shoes that Coach Shamiwa talked about a year ago. Great start to the season for Wilson, a rising star in the NEC, as her coach said, and our top star from NEC Week 1. And joining us now here on NEC Women's Basketball on the run, our very first special guest of the new season. She's been one of the bright new stars in the league this year, winning five of the first seven NEC Rookie of the Week awards. She's number one for the Sacred Art Pioneers, Nysera Pryor. Now, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to, to watch you on the court so far here in non-conference play in this young season. Let, let, let's start back at the beginning. How and when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Actually, I started playing basketball when I was about uh, four years old. And actually, I wasn't very good at it. Um, <laughs> my dad, he told me, um, I, I told my dad I wanted to quit basketball because I wasn't very good at it. And um, he told me, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. And at, after that, I just fell in love with the game. I started uh, grinding and I um, actually was good by my third, you know, third season of playing basketball with in-house. And then I started playing with, you know, boys. And then my mom was like, no, nah, you can't play bo with boys no more. So let's uh, get you in some girls. And then from there, it's been a great journey. Absolutely. And that journey has taken you now to, to Sacred Heart. What, what was it about the team, Coach Minetti, the environment there in Fairfield that, that led to you joining the Pioneers? Um, growing up in Baltimore, you know, uh, it's a different, it's a different scenery. It's a different um, vibe here in CT. Uh, I love my teammates. I love the coaches. So it was just a, a home away from home. You know, uh, my family is very, you know, close and all that. So I just, you know, wanted another family that was uh, like a home away from home. So that's what it felt like here. So, so how much fun are you having so far this year? Oh yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a, a journey, you know, it's, Hey, we're getting there, but it's been fun though. I, uh, I like playing so far. It, it, you know, what, what making that jump from, from high school to college, you know, forget being an athlete just for a regular student, that that's a huge jump. And, and as a, yeah. a student athlete who's having great success immediately here, yes. Uh, what, what's been the trick? How have you handled that that transition? Um, 
just from not the basketball piece, just, you know, being a student, I always, you know, been in my books and I always had my priorities off the court. So I feel like, um, you know, transitioning from high school to college has been uh, phenomenal for me, um, I should say, just because I always been in my books. And then far as like, you know, being on the court, it's just, it's, it's different. You know, you come from being a freshman, well, coming from a senior in high school to now going into a freshman in college, it's kind of different. You know, you, you take on a different role. Everybody was there, you know, best player on that team. So it's kind of like, you know, you get a different, you know, taste of what college is and you, you get humble at some points, never saying I was never humble, but you know, like you get humble at some points, but you just, you keep going and you keep pushing. It's, it's a journey though. Absolutely. And and now going into conference play now, you know, Sacred Heart had to sit out opening night on Monday because we have an odd number of teams in the league. But now two yeah. games coming up this weekend. Um, so what, what do you expect? What can we expect as fans to see from the Pioneers coming up starting this weekend? Um, like my coach always say, uh, record doesn't, you know, describe how good we are. And I feel like um, a lot of times everybody in our league right now is just doesn't have really a good record right now but uh like I said we're going to come and we're going to play basketball that's that's what we're here for and we're going you know we're going to play pioneers basketball as we always do and and how, how would you describe your game because people will see like all the points but then there's a lot of steals too so it seems like mm -hmm. you're burning it on both ends of the floor yeah uh definitely uh, I would say my game is uh definitely versatile I like to create my uh my shots after my defense, I should say, I like to, uh, you know, get my team going on the defensive tip. And then now when we all pick it up on defense, now it's just a great thing to see. So I feel like I take my time on defense and I play defense first. And then that just leads to my offense. I'm sure Coach Minetti likes to hear that defensive first uh, mindset there. Yeah, uh, definitely. Let, 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 let's get to our final five questions. We have some quick hitters for you. So just give us the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Yes, gotcha. All right, favorite snack food or junk food? Uh, I would have to say like free snacks or like Skittles. I love me so sweet type of, you know, candy. There you go, can't go wrong. Uh, what, what's, what's a pregame superstition? Um, that's, a, that's a hard one, that's a hard one. Is it because there's too much or because you don't have any? Too much, I would say too much, definitely, <laughs> too, much. definitely too much, yeah. Okay. If, if, if we if we took a survey of your teammates, what uh, character trait or adjective do you think they would use to describe you? They would definitely say I'm probably one of the funniest besides my other teammate. <laughs> like us two, like we definitely give everybody the, you know, the laughter that they looking for. And definitely we just I just bring a lot of energy when it, when I come to uh, my team. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, now, obviously, we just mentioned you're you're big on steals. So, according mm -hmm. to the internet, this is like a trivia question. Now, according to the internet, what is the most stolen item in the world? Because you're the steals expert. So, what is <laughs> the most stole stolen item in the world according to the internet? When it comes to me, I feel like uh, the basketball is the most stolen <laughs> item. <laughs> That's because, the like it's it's there, like it's there. You know, um, you you I see the ball and I want the ball. Like a lot of times, my coach be like, "Don't help off the ball," but I want the ball, so it's like that's what the most stolen item on a on the internet is for me. Yeah, that that's the perfect answer. It, it, it's cash, but it, but for you, absolutely basketball, yeah, no it. doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, watch, watch it, watch out when eyes around. Uh, <laughs> and, and and finally, last question: What is the key in your mind for Sacred Heart to end up cutting down the nets and winning the championship in twenty twenty three? 
Um, I think the biggest thing for us is just staying together. You know, uh, a lot of times uh, when the going gets tough, we uh, a lot of teams, you know, they break down. But I feel like if we stay together and we play pioneer basketball and we, you know, we just stay together no matter what, I feel like we we will be the team that cuts down the nets at the end of the year. Just trusting well, in each other and leadership as well. But, yeah, we'll be the team to cut down the nets if we just stay together. We look forward to watching that journey here on the road to the 2023 championship. Now, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been fun to watch you play so far this year, and we look forward to seeing it continue here in, uh, in conference season. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's Nysira Pryor, our guest this week here on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. For this week's stat chat, we wanted to go back and review some of the eye-popping numbers coming out of Wagner's 76-25 win on Monday night in the NEC opener at St. Francis U. It was a lockdown defensive performance by the Seahawks, and I mean locked down. They threw away the key, and they buried it. They held St. Francis to just one for nine shooting in the first quarter, one for ten in the second quarter, they forced 22 turnovers in the first half, scoring 25 points off those turnovers, and they led 33-6 to at intermission, holding St. Francis scoreless for nearly the final six minutes of that first half. The 51-point win was the largest margin of victory for Wagner since December of 1982, a Seahawk victory over St. Francis, Brooklyn, 97 to 46. Now, Wagner held St. Francis to just eight made field goals for the entire game, which is the fewest field goals allowed in a conference game since at least the turn of the century. Our stats on the NEC website only go back to 1999. There have been a couple of nine field goal allowed games, but none allowing eight. So an incredible, perhaps record-setting performance by the Wagner Seahawks. And on the other side for St. Francis, it's a game that no doubt they're going to want to burn the film, but unfortunately, they're not going to be able to burn the record books. An all-time incredible outing by the league favorite Seahawks. They are the subjects of this week's Stat Chat. Now let's take a look at the full slate of games coming up this weekend, a Friday-Sunday weekend in the NEC this weekend. Coming up on Friday, Merrimack at Wagner, as we mentioned. St. Francis against Stonehill, LIU Sacred Hearts, Sacred Hearts conference opener and central connecticut at st francis brooklyn the terriers lone game coming up this weekend now interestingly enough there are no matchups between unbeaten teams on friday all four of these matchups are matchups between one team coming in with one loss and the other team coming in with no losses so then on sunday four games on that slate sacred heart at stonehill st francis and central connecticut fdu their lone game of the weekend at merrimack and liu taking on Wagner. Will any teams survive the first three games of the conference season? The first back-to-back -back NEC weekend still unblemished? We will find out. That'll do it for this week's show. I'm Craig D'Amico. Enjoy the games, everyone, and we will see you right back here next week for a brand new edition of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.